0: 1212 welcome welcome everyone again to another episode of sneaks rhymes in life i am your host Lionel mcdonald so um very special guest that we have on uh, on today's episode uh basma hakim um is someone that i actually i work with um in the sneaker industry but uh she's a sneaker head she's uh definitely a spreader of positive vibes and uh And also recently, over the last couple of years, has started an amazing podcast. So uh, Basma, welcome to uh, Sneaks Rhymes, of Life. I'm so glad that you could join us today. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm well. How are you?
0: Good, good. So uh, yeah, let's kind of just really dive into it. I'm, I'm glad you could join us today. But um, so, you know, obviously Sneaks Rhymes in Life, you know, topic number one we normally talk to with a lot of the guests is is sneakers and sneaker collections. So uh, I know when we week first crossed paths, you were, you know, a, a very big uh, Jordan 1 person. But maybe you can kind of tell us a little bit about your collection and... Uh, and and what you're rolling with these days?
1: Ooh, um, that's actually a good question. So honestly, since the pandemic and everything, I feel like my access to sneakers has been less or diminished, but my love for it is still there, very much Mm so. Um, So in terms of what I'm rocking right now is actually a lot of Two things. I want to say I'm rocking dunks a lot. And I know that's a little bit, that's kind of popular right now. So that's what I've kind of been gravitating towards. Um, and I've also grabbed my first pair of Asics, which is cool. so random, but I love them. They're so comfortable. Maybe I'm just trying to, like, I'm not sure. I think I just like things that might not be as popular. I'm trying to just go with what looks and feels good now. So I've been kind of going back and forth between my Asics and my, um, my dunks lately.
0: T- totally cool. Totally. Again, like uh, people are branching out to other things like New Balance and, uh, and a variety, you know, New Balance has made a, a big resurgence in, in the marketplace over the last uh, couple of years. So uh, mm-hmm. no, no, don't feel no way about, you know, wearing anything other than Nike, because uh, I know a lot of people do it, but uh, there's a lot of other cool brands that are out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, you know, I guess if we talk about your collection, like how long ago did you start? You know, how big is it? You know, you know, what kind of got you going when, you know, starting collecting sneakers in the first place?
1: I love that. Um, So when I first think about this, I, I automatically think to my first like paycheck was like the first thing I could like wanted to buy was sneakers. Like I got paid. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to buy sneakers. And I, I think I, you know, what's funny. I, I think full circle, I think I actually bought it at HOH. That's where I spent my first paycheck, um, which is actually so full circle. Um, but when I think back to kind of where that love for sneakers stems from, it was even when I was younger, um, I was very athletic. I was very much like wanted to ball. I always wore my ball shorts and I just wanted Jordans, but my parents like were like, yeah, we're not Buying you jordan yep. Yep. you're a kid you're growing you're going to destroy these expensive shoes which i get now um so the second i could buy them i started to and then um i just i think um from what even just the whole premise of this podcast of like sneakers rhymes and life like my the overall culture influenced what I wanted to wear too so the type of music I was listening to and also I really liked the fact that I was kind of like this quote-unquote tomboy or more um, rebellious with my style so I like that I occupied this space that wasn't necessarily for me Um, and then I met a lot of people similar to me or had similar interests it's like oh you know about sneakers too or like I just started to have a lot more conversations around that Um, and then when it comes to my sneaker collection now um, I'm not sure how much but I've moved out since um, the pandemic and everything I left behind right now is majority of my sneaker collection and my parents and it's my entire closet so wow
0: okay
1: <laughs> just imagine a regular closet like a standard closet and it's just shoe boxes because I was like I don't <laughs> for this. oh
0: I've been there oh I've been there <laughs>
1: right yeah. so um however many shoes can fit in a standard closet um is my collection right now because it does not fit in my uh, small condo right now
0: yeah so you're in a condo so how many how many sneakers are you rolling with the condo is it a short rotation it's a rotation yeah okay
1: well I would say I have about 10 pairs like I try and keep it, I'm trying to do this whole minimal thing. I don't know how it's working, but wow. um, I have probably about 10 pairs. And then I have some in the closet and a lot under the bed too. I just make <laughs> it do what I can.
0: Yep. <laughs> no, I've, I've totally been there. So I, I feel you on that one. So do you, do you have like a couple favorite pairs or, you know, a couple that are your kind of your
1: go-tos? Yes. Um. So I would say, one of my favorite pairs that I've gotten this year are my Alele Mays, the ones that just dropped. I'm yeah. still in awe that I got those. Yeah. And that's also just because of the impact she's had on me and like the sneaker culture and being a woman and all that. Um, and then I would say probably my Brazils, I think they're called, they the Dunks, they're the... Yeah yellow dunks I love those for some reason I just really
0: love- lucky to get those I know I I was eyeing those and that did not that that didn't materialize I didn't try that hard but mm-hmm. you know just seeing how much they now they go for is like yeah you're very lucky to get those ones
1: fair, and it and I always say um the sneakers I don't necessarily try for are the ones that I end up getting because mm-hmm. I feel like it just naturally comes like it's like what flows and then the ones I try the hardest I'm like okay hey, I guess it just wasn't meant yeah. to be but those were yeah those were a really lucky pair and I love the color and I think so good for summer and they're really comfortable so those have been my two like I love these
0: all right so we, we love to play this little segment here uh we call it copper Path. so I'm gonna kind of just bring up some random shoes that are coming out in the near future and just give me your initial gut reaction, whether you, if you had the money, would you cop it or, or would you just pass on it? Cause you're not feeling it. So, you know um, you know, a lot of hype obviously on on Jordan one still, and you know, we've, we've gone from the um, uh, University blue to the the Hyper Royals. So the next big one is is one that comes out this weekend is the the jordan one shadow 2.0 would that be a copper pass for you
1: okay so it's so funny because i was just thinking about them so i actually have the original shadows so i think i would actually pass um just because i have the og ones um but they're actually they're a really nice colorway for um for ones like i like this whole colorways
0: Yep, no, don't no fault there. It's uh, it's a hard pass for me because I love yeah. the original one and it, I, yeah. I can't mess with that one. So, um, next up would be the um, the Jordan Three Rust Pink is a is a new shoe that's coming out uh, this summer. What do you think?
1: That is a super cop. I think that's like the one. Oh, I'm gonna say the the last sneaker that I that I want this year, but okay. it's one of those sneakers that this year I've been eyeing that I've ever since I saw. I was like, I need those. In my
0: okay, room. okay. Uh, funny you mentioned dunks earlier. I had two dunks on my list. So there is the, uh, there's a women's dunk. It's uh, um, the Dunk Low Tropical Twist.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's gonna
0: kind of a couple pastel colors to it. What do you think?
1: So with dunks, I'm starting to feel like dunks are the new Jordan 1s. Mm-hmm. which I think they are like a little bit. Everyone's kind of moving towards that. So unless I like, I'm obsessed with the colorway, I think I'm going to pass.
0: Okay. Yeah. The second one I had is, uh, they're, they're reintroducing the, the Michigan dunk. So it's like, uh, they call it maze, but it's like a gold and, and Navy blue. The midnight Navy is the color. Um, but you say you're passing on dunks. So it's a, it's an OG one, because again, if you didn't know, I'd, I'd done it on a previous episode dunks a lot of these dunks originally came from, they were college shoes. So mm-hmm. they colored them after, you know, Syracuse, white and orange. And then Iowa was black and, and yellow and Michigan is, um, you know, Navy and Varsity maize. So um, would this be of an OG colorway in a low cut? Would you be, uh, would it be a copper pass?
1: I don't know if it's just my minute. Well, if I have all the money in the world, I'd probably cop it because I really like a Navy shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm like wait there's there's different rules here this is a different world but I have the navy the women's navy um dunks that were released I forget what they were called they were like they're navy and like a silver color
0: yeah I remember those ones
1: So I do have those they're pretty similar but um Yeah, no, i probably cop if I have the money. Okay, all right,
0: all right. So the last one I got for you is uh, actually two. Uh, So there's, I don't know how you feel about the Jordan 6, but the Jordan 6 has come back with another color. There's the uh, black and electric green. It's kind of different than some of the other ones. So would that one be a cop or a pass for you?
1: So probably a pass, to be honest. I think I'm over the electric green. I know it had a moment maybe a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. but i don't know i I personally would pass
0: okay and then um jordan ones which we kind of started with we'll finish with so there's a a light fusion red that comes out it's kind of like a a red and then uh, a lighter shade of red with uh with a white body so it's a unique and i think it would be a cool summer shoe but what do you think
1: i'd probably cop okay all right nice yeah like you said like a nice or even like a fall shoe like i like I like ones
0: so yeah yeah I, I it's, it's tough to say no although that ones have been flooded the market like literally since the the ban one came out about four years ago it's like ones ones and and more ones but uh that that one is a, a one that looks a little different than some of the others so I, I could see how you, you that you could be a, a cop for you so mm-hmm. um interesting you mentioned um You know some of the um, your favorite shoes in the rotation, and I think you know we talk about some of the collaborations that are out there, and and really I guess for the the female sneakerhead, um, it is really unique. And you know we're in an industry now that. Finally, I think, you know, women are starting to get some traction. There's, you know, some of the biggest sneaker influencers like Hensel or Style as a Weapon or, you know, Rebecca Hardell or, or you know, we even in Canada here, we have uh, A to the Bed and, uh, um, you know, Alicia Weston and many others. Um, simply kai is a new is a, is a new young lady that is doing a lot of cool things including with foot Locker. and then you know melian asani is is now working with uh with the brand and in terms of on the creative side so it, some things are really good when we talk about what's happening in the sneaker world for for women but in many people's eyes including mine not quite enough. We're we're quite not there, even know that the the pendulum is swinging in the right direction. In your opinion, what do you think needs to kind of change in in the sneaker world to to make it you know more equitable for women?
1: Um, that's a good question. So I think the I like the I like you said. I think it's definitely improved a lot in terms of like you know highlighting a lot of these women um, influencers or even having women design sneakers but even then i think there's only been like three or four women who've designed sneakers or at least with nike that i know of um so in that case it's still like that's very few compared to the to men um but i think access to shoes is a huge key Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time you know being on both ends i've seen like even when there is a woman's job are women actually having access to these drops or able to wear these shoes? So um, now it's a little different, like people aren't lining up, but that's very much like a barrier for a lot of women. We're not going to camp out at night um, by ourselves, because that's just how structures are in society. You know, it's not necessarily safe or, um, you know, we're a lot smaller, we'll get uh, like pushed around or, you know, there's so many factors. And then Um, when there are female um, drops a lot of the time it doesn't necessarily go to women
0: yeah that's a Um, big challenge right now
1: yeah so I think that's a huge one and it's it's disheartening because you know a lot of the time these people aren't necessarily going to be wearing them or you know for the smaller sizes they tend to go the most so um, I I, the resale market frustrates me a lot because I'm someone who actually likes wearing shoes Um, so I think that is a big ones in terms of what we could do to make it better um, I love initiatives like make way like how they have that sneaker shop yeah. um, uh, I love their sneaker shop I love the concept of you know creating a space for women sneakerheads to come and create community I think community is huge um, especially when it comes to female sneakerheads in Toronto it's where I've been able to meet a lot of really um dope individuals um, as well as just getting access to shoes and understanding like you know I know you want to wear the shoes well I you know or I'm someone knows that I'm gonna wear a shoe they're gonna tell me okay well this boutique might have it so it's a good idea that you go there so at least it allows this communication within a network versus like us just trying to fend for ourselves so um, yeah, yeah I, I like that but there's definitely a lot more that we could do I just yeah. don't know what
0: more yeah it's gonna it's gonna take a little time but again stores like um like make way and i i contact them regularly i since they ever opened their store and no i don't identify obviously as a woman but um they make such amazing things and you know to empower i bought some stuff for my wife from that store and uh i've recommended friends go to that store so uh although you know in you know i i work for one store uh it's it's easy to support someone that's doing, you know, you know, you know, Shelby and obviously her team are are doing a lot of, a lot of good things. And then we have, again, there's a lot of really good influencers throughout the city um, that are doing great things. Um, So I think it's going to take a little time, but I I think, you know, how, you know, I I think where I see it is that um, the mentality of, of just, working together versus working as as individuals as uh or as, as competitors i think when we talk about you know much like black culture or any other culture mm-hmm. how if you can work together to build each other up then you know, you're you're much stronger as a group than you are as individual and i think you know you know those movements can quickly happen and and truly make a difference uh in terms of where we're going because it, it's definitely good to see that we're going in the right direction
1: yeah no and exactly and I think even like you said with a lot of these influencers or you know a lot of women who are kind of breaking these barriers I remember um Anna ate to the bed like um I used to look up to her when I was yeah a lot
0: of of people do like you look at look at between her and and her friend Megan and some of the like they got like they got like 20,000 followers each on on Instagram so they have major influence in this city
1: yeah huge influence and they're so approachable like now and it's so refreshing to be um to kind of have that full circle moment where it's like now if i do contact her she's so uh, humble and welcoming and i'm like i've always looked up to you as like a style influence and someone who was kind of paving the way for someone like me who you know didn't dress like all my friends and was interested in something a little different so Mm -hmm. Um, I love what she's doing and I love the platform she has and um, same thing with Megan I know Megan does a lot of things with mental health as well just yep. that I resonate with so um, I love what they do and I love what they do with their brands as well it's not just like it's sneakers but it's like we're also creating community so I yeah. love that they're very approachable and super sweet women so yeah I yep. love
0: yeah, that they are. They're, they're pretty awesome. So it's funny you you mentioned Megan. I, I know I said it first, but you kind of talked about Megan and some of the things you, you you do. So, you know, let's talk and switch gears a little bit and talk about this podcast. So had no idea that you were running this podcast, but when I started to listen to an episode two, absolutely love it. You're doing so many amazing things. So maybe tell us a little bit, like where, how did you start you know share the name of the podcast how we can find it and then uh you know what do you look for in a guest like I, I got got, like I, I have to slow down a little bit on the <laughs> questions I have because I love it. I'm just you know super call it geeking about your podcast so please share please share
1: um so I guess my two interests um occupy I guess uh you uni- spaces. I love sneakers, but I also love, um, anything to do with the mind. I love, to, I love anything to do with like social structures and mental health, specifically within, um, the BIPOC experience. That's just something that's, I think it's also just from my own experiences of growing up in an African household where my dad's African and my mom is white, but, uh, culturally it was definitely African dominate. Mm-hmm. Um, So that played a huge role in just my mental health and my understanding of mental health. Um, It was something that wasn't necessarily spoke about. And when it did come up, it was something that was very stigmatized. It was something that, you know, you're crazy. Like, it's literally like you are called crazy. You know, you should pray about it or you're ungrateful. Um, And I started to realize, you know, just even growing up in the inner city, this is just a common understanding within immigrant households. And that's an additional barrier on top of other social structures for us to get help or even just for us to be healthy, I think, um, because everyone has a form of mental health. Um, So I wanted to have more conversations that I was having to normalize um, this whole concept of mental health and this whole concept of it's okay to not necessarily feel okay all the time. Um, The issue isn't that the issue is kind of suppressing it and then you know I have a a huge um, soft spot because of where I grew up of like understanding the impact that mental health challenges can have within inner city kids you know whether it's tied to gun violence or substance use so that became almost like a personal goal to kind of create these conversations so I originally started with a blog it was I want to say it was almost ten years ago, and then mm-hmm. um, then I went to YouTube, and it just didn't feel like the right fit. And then eventually, someone suggested the podcast space because I've always loved podcasts. I'm very much someone who always is listening to something while multitasking in some capacity. Yep. Um, so I started, I mean, it's funny I actually came up with the name while I was at a sneaker store. Um, but the name is Call Me Crazy, um, and you can find it at Call Me Crazy Pod on Instagram. So that's where it started with the whole concept of reclaiming that stigma of mental health. So by literally calling yourself crazy you're reclaiming that stigma and taking that power away that, um, that is often weaponized against us. Um, and I've just had really amazing conversations with um, folks from different backgrounds. I didn't want it to necessarily just be... Um, I guess, folks that occupy just the mental health space, I want to have conversations with people from all walks of life. Because like I said, we all have a form of mental health, but we often assume when we say mental health, we we associate to mental health disorder or mental illness, where the the two are very different. We all have a form of physical health, just like we have a form of mental health. Um, So I would have conversations with comedians or with athletes or, Teachers, um, I've had conversations with uh, mental health professionals, but I've also had conversations with people who had only a high school degree. So I wanted to have all those um, voices highlighted and those experiences highlighted, just so it could be relatable and continue within um, the space after we've had those conversations on the podcast. And it's grown naturally, and I've
0: created
1: yeah. me through it, and I've been very lucky to collaborate now with key radio, which is an up and coming, um, black owned radio station.
0: That's amazing.
1: Which is awesome. Um, I think you mentioned, um, Alicia, she also has her podcasts, um, out of key radio. So it's creating a really nice, um, extra gravy. Yeah, extra gravy they air yeah. there as well. Yeah. So it's been awesome to kind of just be part of that community and represent the wellness space, um, but still make it very relatable to culture. I, I remember when I first started, people asked me, so like, how does this connect to like sneaker culture? I'm like, well, I want it to be mental health and wellness for the culture. You know, I want it to be relatable. I wanted it to be conversations that we can talk about, you know, when we're literally sitting outside on the stoops, you know, cause that's what we did in the summertime when we were kids and, you know, going for bike rides. I don't want it to just be a conversation that we're having, uh, you know, in a classroom like that's not, I don't want it to sound like a textbook. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the journey. And now it's, um, it's been nice to kind of collaborate and meet different people through that and just create overall network. Uh, I think that's been really healing in general for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was my, that was my next question, you know, so amazing. All the things that you've just shared about, you know, your journey and now you're working with uh, you know, a, a radio station that's black owned and, and just so many other things, but you know, like h- how has this impacted you as a person?
1: Oh my gosh. I think it's actually saved me. Um, on like a, a health level too. Um, I think it's given me purpose. Um, even, I think the act of connecting with people is powerful. Um, And then the act of sharing your story too. I didn't want my experiences of going through certain mental health struggles or um, my friends having witnessed them go through things kind of just for no reason. I wanted to be able to connect and connecting with people is so validating and so healing. Um, It's also a way for me to give back, you know, being able to connect to people and be vulnerable has allowed people to uh, reach out behind the scenes and you know feel comfortable enough to voice their struggles because they themselves see my vulnerability, so they're able to understand like oh well, she, I can see myself or I can see struggles and she's identifying them, so I feel comfortable going to her, um, and that's been so, I don't even know what the word is. I'm just very honored that they feel. Um, heard enough or safe enough to come to me so that I can mm-hmm. hopefully direct them in the right direction to kind of get that journey started because I know it's hard and that's something I I literally felt like I was one of a kind going through what I was going through and yeah. I had heard someone normalizing it I wouldn't have thought I was just literally crazy
0: yeah it's um, it's in, in and I think you know we're hearing so much how much the pandemic has brought mental health to the surface. Uh, again, you know, they talk about the stigma and, you know, it kind of lying in the shadows, but now this is, this is on the kitchen table. And I, and I know in, in, and now my role, it's something that we talk about every single day, probably every single hour, there is a conversation or a check-in with someone and it's like, it's, it starts with not, Oh, Hey, how come you didn't do this? It's like, Hey, talk to me. How are you? How are you feeling? How, how is the family? What, what's going on? Like, I, I think it's given as challenging as the pandemic has been, it's given us a reset on, on certain things, um, despite what you feel, whether we should be open or not, or, you know, is it safe or, you know, is the government controlling us? Like, I think it's just given us that piece that we need to just take a breath and look at the person we're talking to and just ask, you know, how are you? How are yeah. you doing? what do you need so
1: no that's so good and I think so important um because we often just ask like oh how are you and automatically assume good and we automatically say good I'm fine you know we brush it off but these are real questions and you really never know what someone's going through especially now as well um I think a lot of people are just trying to hold it together right now um there's
0: totally
1: yeah there's a lot of a lot of um just a lot happening, um, to say the least. So yep. um, I, I think just checking in, you know, and of course, even just having the skill set of expressing how you're doing is something that might not just come naturally. Like that's something that I'm still working on. You know, it's like a muscle I was taught to it, not- You and me
0: both. You yeah, and me both, so. I was
1: taught to not share my emotions, you know? Oh, like it's
0: a, not- it's, it's a cultural 100%
1: thing. It's a cultural thing. It's 100% cultural thing. I remember my dad telling me like, you know drilling in this idea that it is weakness or you don't share your emotions or you know you just have to tough it out suck it
0: up suck it up
1: suck it up and life's not fair like but that's not always the case like it's okay to like you're supposed to feel things it's a very human thing Um, and you're not supposed to go through things alone you know that's why humans want community that's why we want families partners friends um, so it's important to kind of even if you don't have that skill set yet to still allow yourself to be vulnerable and work through it and you know find different things it doesn't have to be like oh let me just start off and dive right into therapy and expose my deepest like yeah. darkest Get the stuff.
0: skeletons out of the closet
1: yeah let me just yeah let me just air everything like no I think that takes so much time it could take care yeah. I think it's just putting yourself in that space and feeling supported sometimes, knowing that okay, I can do this alone, but I know I'm not alone is like already huge.
0: Totally, totally. So, what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten on on your podcast? I know you said you've been doing it over a year now, and you know, you've talked about, you know, just athletes and you know, those that are in a variety of different professions and young adults, like you've gotten, you know, you've gotten quite a cross-section you know, I know you, we mentioned uh, Megan before, like, you know, just based on what she's involved in, like she would be an amazing guest on, on your show, but what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten uh, um, since you've, uh, since you've gotten rolling over the last year or so?
1: I've, I've had really positive feedback. Um, I, I love that I'm able to discuss topics that aren't necessarily talked about or weren't I think they're being discussed a lot more now Yep. Um, and also giving voice or space for individuals who often don't discuss this in their I guess their line of work um, to show that side to them so Um, I've had folks who, you know, like I said, like a comedian, like no one would assume someone who makes others laugh, goes through things, you know, or has struggles. We don't, we don't think that, but they themselves have their own journeys or, um, you know, talking to athletes a lot of the time, you know, we idolize them. We see them as having it all together, but it's like, there's so many pressures, um, that have to do with masculinity, have to do with identity when it comes to their, their careers, um, all these things. So I think it just sheds a different perspective that we often have when it comes to others, especially now in the social media age where everything we see is a highlight reel. So kind of talking about the not so I don't even call it, like, it's just not the pretty refined edited versions of people. I think that's refreshing. So a lot of people connect to that a lot more. So I've had a lot of folks just reach out and um, connect to it, I think, uh, for the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I totally, totally, uh, I totally get that and, and, uh, and feel you on that 100%. I, you know, social media is such a, a highlight reel, but um, depends how you leverage it. I, I kind of look at it way. I it's like I'll put all the cards on the table. And it's like, y- if you don't see me, you can just go to my social media, and you can know exactly the highs and lows that I'm that I'm going through. But that that's how i feel i need to share to be me um i i don't think i i live in this pretty little box and everything is wonderful because it's it's so not but everyone's different and you know the the brand or the image you choose to portray is is totally up to you that's why everyone has their own account and how they want to share it so Hey, again, thank you so much for being on. I, again, I just want to be able to give you, you know, the, the last cl- closing words on how do people find your podcast? You know, how often, you know, do you record? And, you know, I, I'm guessing you're on, you know, most uh, platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. So uh, give us the rundown as we as we wrap up tonight.
1: Yes, um, thank you again for having me. I'm so honored and I'm really excited to hear this um, and i'm excited to have you on my podcast as well so yep. uh check us out there um so that's at call me crazy pod um and you can find that on instagram there's also they're also on all the streaming platforms and we air tuesday nights at seven on key radio and that's spelled c-a-y radio um and you can find me at B for real so b-e-e-f-o-r-e-a-l thank you
0: totally again. awesome so again thank you so much for being on uh, it's been an amazing episode on on multiple levels but uh, wish you well and we'll definitely connect soon uh, but um you know be safe out there again we're, we're still in a pandemic and uh hopefully brighter days are ahead and we get yeah. some kind of summer so okay. anyhow, so we'll we'll catch you on the flip side and uh, and we'll, again we'll talk very soon
1: thank bye you. guys bye